Morning, everybody. Got a question for you. Who likes waiting? Any waiters in the house? Not waiters as in waiters, like waiting. Uh, I'm a con- I'll confess, I'm not good at waiting. I hate waiting. And uh, there's not many things I enjoy waiting for. Most of the things I've had to wait for have been bad things. Uh, you know, ATAR scores, uh, visas, visas. Um, medical results, but the worst thing possibly to wait for is Christmas. I'm the kind of kid, I was the kid that uh, on Boxing Day, I'd look at my brothers and sisters and go, 364 more days, guys. <laughs> We're nearly there. I'm not a, I'm not a big waiter. <clears throat> um, but when we look at Palm Sunday, it's actually easy to see that it is the culmination of a whole lot of waiting. A whole lot of waiting. Yeah? Let's check it out. So what happened on Palm Sunday? The next day, this is uh, just after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, so his name's getting pretty popular throughout Jerusalem. The news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet him. They shouted, Hosanna! Blessings to the one who comes in the name of the Lord Hail to the King of Israel. This event is the culmination of generations of waiting. The Israelites have been under the thumb, under the power, under the ruling of someone else for a very long time. At this point in time, it was Roman rule. And for generations, they'd been passing down the story that one day their king is going to come. From grandfather to father, father to son, son to grandson, and so on and so on for centuries and generations, they were talking about one day, you know what, what, right now we're under someone else's thumb. Someone else is telling us what to do. Someone else is ruling us, but sooner or later there's going to come a king and he is going to free us and he'll be our king. We see in Zechariah 8.3, 8.3, uh, this isn't working guys, Back. there we go, and now the Lord says I am returning to Mount Zion, I will live in Jerusalem, then Jerusalem will be called the faithful city, the mountain of the Lord of heaven's armies will be called the holy mountain, and the next one, rejoice O people of Zion, shout in triumph O people of Jerusalem, look your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. I'll remove the battle chariots from Israel and the war horses from Jerusalem. I will destroy all the weapons used in battle and your king will bring peace to the nations. His realm will stretch from the sea to the sea, from Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. Now, it's easy to see with scriptures like this why the Israelites were like, hey, our king is coming and he is going to rid us of earthly rulers. And right now, yeah, we're in Roman rule and they're telling us what to do. They're telling us how to live. But you know what? A king is going to come and he is going to rule us. No longer will we have to listen to somebody else. We'll have a king in the temple. We'll have that. And from generation to generation, next one, 
This is the, this is the narrative that is passed down. This is what their, the whole nation is waiting for, is that our king is coming to Jerusalem. He will arrive on a donkey. He will make our enemies his footstool. He is coming with power to eradicate them and reward us. We will be free. I read just those couple of scriptures from Zechariah, but Psalm 110, Isaiah chapter 40, the list goes on. Look into it for yourself. There are so many scriptures about Jesus coming to free his people. And finally, after generations, hearing about it for so long, the day is here. It's come. And I want you for a moment to put yourself in the story. What would you be feeling in that moment? What would you be be hearing from other people? What would you be seeing right in front of you? Let's go, everybody. Let's go. Let's lay down the palm leaves, which is a symbol of victory. He's coming. We're going to be victorious. Let's lay them down quickly. Let's go. Our king is here. The one my dad told me about and his dad and his dad and his dad and his dad. He's here. We are getting to see this firsthand. Our king is here. Let's shout Hosanna, which means praise, but actually at the core of the Hebrew word actually means save now. Save us with victory. Your victory. Save us. Jesus. Here we go. Guys, remember in Zechariah, I talked about he was coming on a donkey. Look, it's Jesus. He's coming on a donkey. It's prophecy fulfilled. He's going to free us from Roman rule, governmental tyranny, and restore us as a nation. He will be our king in the temple. It's today. It's happening right now. And then he's arrested. And I wonder how many people were like, you know what, this can't be the king. But how many were like, you know what, no, this is prophecy. This is more than coincidence. Yeah, he's arrested right now, but something's going to happen. Yeah, he's getting questioned by people, but I'm sure he'll be freed because this is prophecy. He's our king. He's going to free us. He's going to be in the temple. And then he's whipped and he's beaten. Surely he's going to find a way to come out on top. Surely. This, the story can't end here. This is prophecy. This is God's word. It doesn't end like this. Then he walks across to Golgotha, the way of the skull. And by this point, most have turned on him. Those same people who were shouting Hosanna and laying down palm branches are now spitting on Jesus and calling him names as he carries the cross to his own death. It can't end like this. He's going to win. He has to win. This is prophecy. This is what we've always talked about. It's the day. It's today. It can't end like this. And I really want you to think about this. Put yourself there. You're feeling these feelings. You've been waiting so long for the king to come. He fulfilled the prophecy. He came in on a donkey. Everyone's shouting, Hosanna. This is the guy. This is him. And then Jesus dies. 
all the hope about prophecy being fulfilled, your parents being right, this generational story that's come down to you about a king that would come on a donkey that would free his people dies. Just take a moment to think about that. See, instead of overcoming governmental rule, Jesus came to overthrow the powers of hell. Instead of dealing with worldly tyranny, he died to sort out spiritual tyranny. Instead of saving people's earthly lives, he was saving their souls. Instead of rewarding them with a nation, he was rewarding them with heaven. Instead of a relationship with an earthly king, he gave them relationship with a heavenly God. So how did they get it so wrong? How did they miss the point? See, it's easy for you and I. We can read further on in the story. We know what Jesus was doing, but how did the first century Jewish people get the story so wrong? I believe it's because they'd already decided what a win looked like. They decided long ago that if we're going to win as a people, we need our king in the temple. We need Roman rule to be gotten rid of and we need to be raised up as a nation. We need to be the world's superpower. That's us. We deserve that. We're God's chosen people. This is what a win looks like. And as we reflect on Palm Sunday... We have to ask the question, are we the same? Do we do the exact same thing? Not in regards to why Jesus came. But what about the things in our own lives where we decide what a win looks like? Do we get to do that? What is there in your life that needs a win? And have you already decided what it is? If my wife or husband would just agree with me more and stop arguing, my marriage would win. If I had X amount of dollars in the bank, I would be happier and we'd financially win. If my kids would be more respectful and not argue about every single thing, then I'd win as a parent. Kids, if my parents would stop nagging me, (laughs) then our family would win. Come on, I'm preaching to someone today if that person that hurt me would apologize to me and admit that they've done the wrong thing then our friendship would win now I don't know what you've come in with today your story is your story and God knows that so fill in the blank if blank would happen my way that's a win a win me my way serve me apologize to me 
do what I say. Me, 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 me. If we look at what Jesus did from Palm Sunday up until Easter Sunday, the core of it has very little to do with earthly circumstances and a whole lot to do with the condition of our hearts and our souls. Let me say that again. If we look at what Jesus did on Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, the core of it has very little to do with earthly circumstances and a whole lot to do with the condition of our hearts and our souls. What if things changed? What if we were aligned with God? What if we died to ourselves? What if we had a heart like Jesus? What would that look like in our world? You see, this is what I I believe Jesus was coming to Jerusalem for, and this is what Jesus comes to you for, that you would be dead to yourself and alive to him. In 1 Peter 2.21, it says, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, not your way. No one chooses the suffering path. Even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example and you must follow in his steps. Just like the first century Jews missed the wind, they didn't understand the wind, sometimes we can miss it too. So what is the wind? The wind is to be reconciled to the Father first and foremost through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And that we get to be more like his son. We get to be like Jesus. See, to have a better marriage, how can I die to myself and love my spouse just like Jesus loves them? With my finances, how can I give it up and just bless other people? I don't have to store it up. How can I love my children like our Heavenly Father and sacrifice myself for them? That person that hurt me, I forgive them. They don't owe me anything. If fill in the blank would happen God's way, the kingdom wins. The kingdom wins. God, his way, serve others, die to myself, listen to my father, him, 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 him. This Sunday when we shout and we sing songs of Hosanna and we lay those proverbial palm leaves of victory for our king, remember that he was about to carry a cross and die so we could too. So we could too. Let's not miss the victory. Let's not miss the win. The win's not about you and I. It's about the kingdom. It's not about your circumstances aligning. It's that we are saved by grace and we get to be like Jesus in every area of our lives. When we submit to that, the kingdom wins. Everyone wins. God wins. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, this Palm Sunday, as we reflect on what does it actually mean to be victorious and to see a win, 
Lord, we know that the first century got it wrong. They were waiting for you to redeem them from earthly circumstances, from government. But God, you came for a much greater purpose, to free our souls, to be our heavenly king, to give us right passage into community with the Father. We thank you for your sacrifice. We honour you. We give glory to you forever and ever. But in our world, God, in the things that we face every day, help us to remember the win. It's not about serving ourselves. It's not about being selfish. It's not about defining a win because that's already been defined. We win when the kingdom wins. And the kingdom wins when we die to ourselves and we ask the question, what do you want? In my marriage, in my friendships, in my workplace, in my spare time, with my finances, with the people around me. Lord, help us all to die to ourselves and serve you and be just like you. Amen.